today on the Word Preacher Podcast. The name of the church, a new temple, and tithing. I'm Brett Jensen, and this is the Word Preacher Podcast. In today's uh, Come Follow Me podcast, we are going to be looking at sections 115 through 120 in the Doctrine and Covenants. Um, So let's go ahead and get started talking about the name of the church. This comes from uh, towards the beginning of section 115, verses 3 through 6. And also unto my faithful servants who are of the high council of my church in Zion, for thus shall it be called, and unto all the elders and people of my church of Jesus Christ, of latter-day saints scattered abroad in all the world. For thus shall my church be called in the last days, even the church of Jesus Christ of latter-day saints." Verily I say unto you, Arise and shine forth, that thy light may be a standard for the nations, and that the gathering together upon the land of Zion and upon her stakes may be for a defense and for a refuge from the storm and from wrath when it shall be poured out without mixture upon the whole earth. Okay. So one thing that uh, is maybe a little bit surprising is that this is a revelation that is coming after the the church has needed to leave Kirtland. Uh, they're, they're down in Missouri, not even Jackson County anymore. They got kicked out of there. This is in the area around far west. Um, and so why did the name of the church not get revealed maybe around like the organization of the church in April 1830, in which it was called the Church of Christ. Why wait until after the Kirtland Temple had already been made and revelations had been received and the people had to kind of leave? Why wait till now? So before I dig too deep on that, which I think is a largely speculative question, it's not necessarily a bad question, it is important to note that it's not nearly as important as the question, why don't we use the name that Jesus Christ gave it? I mean, so what if he waited a little bit to give it to us? It is something that he said, thus shall my church be called in the last days. Um, the nickname Mormon was not at any time created by the Lord. Now, in the recent general conference, Elder Anderson confirmed the importance of using the name of the church. He related a story in which an individual explained that while it was an honor to be associated with a great prophet like Mormon, Mormon had not died for his sins. That was Jesus Christ. And it was fascinating that only then was he recognized as a Christian. I think that's important. Those who enter into the covenant of baptism are to stand witnesses of Christ. 
the Book of Mormon itself, in fact, is important only because, an important book, only because it's a witness of Jesus Christ. If it were just historical musings of people that lived on the American continent, it really wouldn't make all that much difference. But as it is, it means that the divinity of Jesus Christ was not something that could have been invented by the apostles that we read in the New Testament after the death of Jesus. This was a part of the true faith of Israel before Babylonian exile. That's vitally important. So why do we then say, uh, what do we do when people say, oh, you know, well, you know, that may be the name of your church, but Mormon is so much shorter. It's easier to say. Oh, one thing to always be wary of is people who insist that the easy way is better than what Jesus Christ says we should do. Of course, there are easier ways. There were many easy paths, but there's only one that is the right path. Jesus himself pointed this out. Now, there are lots of news outlets who will continue to use the term Mormon. They write articles. Some of them are even written by members of the church who should know better. And they refer to the church and its members using the term Mormon. And it's important to observe that this emphasis that has been placed on the correct name of the church is a key to discerning who is full of hot garbage, who is actually following the prophet, and who thinks what the prophet says is unimportant. Now, in recent uh, months, the Atlantic, the Washington Post, and, of course, the Salt Lake Tribune, who never misses an opportunity to attack the church. All of these are examples of periodicals that have recently had large articles about the church and uh, insist on framing us within their own social and political views, including the use of the term Mormon. Now, of course, they do not accept that we are the Church of Jesus Christ. These periodicals think we're a religious movement. They don't believe there's any actual connection between the Son of God and the Church that he established. So it's vital as we encounter these things that we uh, insist on Jesus, that we insist on his place in our church. And if you need to abbreviate it, you can call it the Church of Jesus Christ. Um, if you need to differentiate it, the full name of the church was given by the Lord. And we probably ought to do what he said, if, as we claim, he stands at its head. All right. After abandoning Kirtland and losing prominent individuals to apostasy, including the three witnesses and several apostles, the Lord was eager to have his people build another temple. Um, and this was going to be in far west Missouri. That's what the instruction uh, from the Lord indicated. 
And now, of course, temple building requires a great amount of sacrifice, and the church was not destined to stay in Missouri for a long time. So there is a question, what was the Lord really wanting from his people? Uh, let's, let's read some of the passages in the section. This is verses 7 through 12 in 115. The Lord says, Let the city far west be a holy and consecrated land unto me. And it shall be called the most holy, for the ground upon which thou standest is holy. Therefore I command you to build a house unto me for the gathering together of my saints, that they may worship me. And let there be a beginning of this work, and a foundation, and a preparatory work this following summer. And let the beginning be made on the fourth day of July next. And from that time forth let my people labor diligently to build a house unto my name. And in one year from this day let them recommence laying the foundation of my house. And thus let them from that time forth labor diligently until it shall be finished, from the cornerstone thereof unto the top thereof, until there shall not anything remain that is not finished. So, um, here we have a little insight. Part of the reason that the Lord was eager to establish a house here had to do with the location. This area of Missouri was significant. And uh, there are other passages that kind of describe exactly what was going on. The term Adam undayaman is used. Uh, and in section 107 that we talked about previously, Adam called all of his righteous posterity into the nearby valley and blessed his people and prophesied what would happen to them to the latest generation. Now, in the future, something that has not yet happened, Adam will return to visit his people according to the prophecy of Daniel, in the which he is referred to as the Ancient of Days. We have a reference in section 116 about that. This was the place in which men first truly learned about redemption, in which they learned of sacrifice and faith, and that Jesus Christ would make it possible to remove every curse that they had, even though the saints were not able to build the temple in far west. The act of approaching God is important. As the prophet himself has said, the Lord loves effort. Surely the Lord has given many commandments of things that we are supposed to do and things that we are you know, supposed to avoid, and it can seem impossible to do and avoid everything that we're supposed to do and avoid. Failure may even seem likely, sometimes repeated failure. But as we have recently observed, there is a huge difference between weakness and rebellion. A person who consistently makes effort to return to God is in a better position than a person who no longer believes that they can come to God, or worse, that they no longer need to. 
Of course, we have many requirements in our lives that make obedience to God difficult. It's tough to care for others sometimes when we have to take care of ourselves and our families. It can be difficult to minister to those in need and perform temple work and do family history and study the scriptures diligently and ensure our children are cared for properly and all of the other things that we would like to do. But after what Jesus has done for us, let's not say within ourselves that it doesn't matter. Of course, we may not be successful with everything that we attempt, but the attempt is still worth it because of who's asking us to attempt it. The efforts the saints made in Far West were worth it because of who asked them to make them. All right, let's talk a little about tithing. Uh, if we look in section 119, we see a little bit about uh, the Lord's counsel about tithing. Uh, in verses 3 through 6, it reads as follows. And this shall be the beginning of the tithing of my people. And after that, those who have thus been tithed shall pay one-tenth of all their interest annually. And this shall be a standing law unto them forever. For my holy priesthood, saith the Lord, Verily I say unto you, it shall come to pass that all those who gather unto the land of Zion shall be tithed of their surplus properties, and shall observe this law, or they shall not be found worthy to abide among you. And I say unto you, if my people observe not this law to keep it holy, and by this law sanctify the land of Zion unto me, that my statutes and my judgments may be kept thereon, that it may be most holy, behold, verily I say unto you, it shall not be a land of Zion unto you. Those are strong words from the Lord. Now, of course, tithing in general, that's not a new idea. It was discussed in the Old Testament, in the which, you know, Malachi the prophet recorded, Shall a man rob God? Discussing how people had actually robbed God of tithes and offerings. Even long before that, Abraham paid tithes to Melchizedek. This is a standard in the Lord's Church that we not just talk about how we believe in God, but we use our physical possessions to indicate that. It's important because sometimes people say, oh, you know, this tithing thing, this is just invented by leaders of the church seeking to get rich, to glut themselves on the membership of their church. Now, while there may be church leaders who do that, um, this is not a feature in the church of Jesus Christ. In fact, that's not even a new accusation. Korahor wanted to say the same thing. Oh, you leaders of the church, you're just trying to get rich and glut yourselves off of the people. It wasn't at all true. In fact, Korahor was the one who was trying to get gain himself. Now, there are some important principles of tithing that I think are worth discussing. 
It's paid in faith, but it requires actual goods. We kind of touched on that. But it's important to emphasize a person cannot say, oh, yes, I have faith in the church, and not have their actions line up in that same way. I have faith in the church with 10% of my income is much more powerful. I have faith in the church, but not that they know how to manage a little bit of money. I have faith in the church, but they don't deserve my income. I have faith in the church, but I don't trust them to make the right decisions. These are not expressions of faith. Our sacrifice is what makes it different. It should be of ourselves. And 10% makes it absolutely fair across the board. Whether you make a million dollars a year or a hundred dollars a year, you can give 10% of that as tithing to the Lord and represent the same amount of faith. Now, how it is used is actually completely unimportant. Some people get caught up in this. Um, uh, but uh, uh, some of my favorite friends on social media have admirably stated that if the church took their tithing money out of the bank in the form of $1 bills, put it in a big pile, doused it with gasoline, and lit it on fire, they would still pay the tithing. Now, of course, yes, the church does use tithing for things like beautiful temples, houses of worship, other expenses involved in taking care of the needs of the church. But the person paying tithing has no say in how it is to be used. In other words, if you are paying tithing, it's vital that you not think, oh, I'm paying this so that I can use my building so that I can have a temple nearby, so that I can have access to something. No, you're not. Part of the point of tithing is acknowledging that it's not yours to begin with. Giving it does not entitle you to anything. God is the source of every good thing. He created it all, and if he asks for something, even to use it for something that you might not understand or even like, it was always his. You came into this world with nothing, and you will leave this world with nothing. It's all his. Let him decide how to use it. This also means that individuals who want to pay 10% to some other worthy cause in place of tithing, those individuals are not actually paying tithing. You don't get tithing credit for donating to some other charity. Now, please understand, it is okay to give money to other good causes. And if you're in a position to do so, you should. But tithing is not for a good cause. It's giving it back to God. Church leaders will be the ones who account to God for the use of tithing money. And if it's not spent the way he wants, you will still be blessed for paying it anyway. In fact, your awareness of how tithing money is spent um, may allow you to help them in their roles. Um, so it's not necessarily 
you you can't know anything. But if you know that tithing money is spent for keeping houses of worship clean and functional, when you volunteer to help in that process, to clean the building, to do service, cooperating and giving missionaries rides or fulfilling other callings and assignments, you can free up resources. And this is a sign, in addition to the faith you invest in paying tithing, that you sustain the church and its leaders, that you believe that Jesus Christ is at the head. Enemies of the church have tried to malign the leaders of the church for having a large amount of money saved up or investing in properties or funds or other things. The leaders of the church, however, actually practice the principles that they teach members to live within your means, to use a budget, and to save for difficult times. And we know any student, the, the most beginning students of the scriptures know that in the last days, times will get very difficult. My favorite responses to accusations that the church should not have a large money uh, amount of money saved up, amounting to millions or even billions of dollars, is the unapologetic hashtag, make it a trillion. Because the Lord's church needs no excuse for how it spends its money not even to the people who are actually paying the money, let alone these whining trolls who pay nothing. Instead of demanding a cut of something that was never yours, be grateful for what God has given you, for what God allows you to keep. Those who pay tithing will be blessed. The Lord actually has power. He doesn't actually need your money. To do what he does. He can feed thousands, heal diseases, he can make everything right, and he literally will. But right now, tithing represents a way that you can put your money where your mouth is, that you can line up your actions with your beliefs. And the Lord remembers those who honor him. Just as in ancient times, as he has promised, he will rebuke the devourer for your sake. He will open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. In the end, develop faith to pay tithing. Put forth effort to do good even if you don't always succeed. And put Jesus first in everything, from the name of the church to anything else in your life. Make Jesus first. We appreciate all the support for the Wood Preacher podcast. Next week, we will look at sections 121 through 123, discussing Liberty Jail. Of course, there's a bunch of stuff we did not cover in this week's reading. Please study that individually and with your family. And of course, as always, fight on. (laughs) 